Hello, my lovely people. Welcome to Staff Room Stories. I'm your host, Emily Aslan, and I'm here to bring you the topics that Australian teachers are talking about behind their closed staff room doors. Join me each episode, usually with an incredible guest, to explore the things we're talking about, as well as the things that we ought to know. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. This week, there is no real story from the staff room. This week is driven purely by my own nostalgia, however you say that word. I saw a post on LinkedIn about Life Education Queensland and Healthy Harold, and it just took me down this huge memory trip, and I just went, you know what, I need to have those guys on the podcast. So I got in contact with Life Education Queensland, and this week I am joined by the education manager, Sue Osmond. She was a classroom teacher, and then she was a life education educator, and then a media ambassador, and now she heads up their program delivery. So she is here to talk to us about Healthy Harold and life education. I hope this brings back some great memories for you too. Welcome, Sue. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you, Emily. It's a bit hot up here in Queensland, isn't it? It, yes, it sure is. Although I've got staff who work all the way right up to far north Queensland, so I can't really complain oh, wow. about the heat being in the southeast. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And they, I imagine it'd be far more humid up there, wouldn't it? Yes, I know no matter what time of year, it's always pretty hot. And out west as well, we go fairly out west and it's pretty hot out that way too. Yeah. All right. I was thinking we could just start today with a bit of your story because you've you've come from the classroom, haven't you? And then you sort of made your way yeah. into where you are now working with life ed is it is it life ed yeah. or is it life education well we're sort of known people say life ed or healthy harold we tend to go by life ed queensland these yeah. days yeah so yeah. life ed everyone knows who you mean <laughs> perfect all right and so how how did you get into life ed what's your story well i suppose it goes back quite a while now into when i first started teaching, which was right at the very start of probably 2000 as a young teacher. My parents were teachers and I did want to be a teacher, but tried to think, no, no, I'll go and do something different. I don't want to be a teacher just because my parents are, or even though I didn't, you know, I really wanted to always. <laughs> it tends to run in families, but, doesn't it? <laughs> and even if you try and get away from it, yeah, you kind of end up back there. But I sort of always <laughs> sort of had a natural inkling towards teaching. I did, first of all, though, do, I uh, sort of landed in the arts degree space and did like Australian studies and a lot of First Nations history and sociology. Oh, wow. and Yeah. And kind of thought I'd go more that path you know, down towards social work or something like that. But I had my first child just after completing that sociology degree. And so I went, you know what, I'm actually going to stick with the teaching um, and did my teaching degree. So I worked in the public sector and the private sector, worked in learning support, curriculum coordination, um, teaching and learning, facilitating in middle school, and then on and off had breaks because I have four children. So after my fourth, I was trying to decide what I was going to do. <laughs> you know, um, keep teaching, teaching. not teaching. <laughs> yeah, exactly, isn't it? Well, because I still have that love of you know of educating children and being around them and having those really important moments with them yeah. and and the interactions still, and yeah, and it's still so rewarding. And it was trying to find well, how can I how can I have that? But how can I also balance a family? And the other big thing too for me was that I feel like more and more teaching was changing from what 
I started off doing. Yeah. I felt we talked about that a few times on the podcast this year. It's yeah. Things have been shifting and they don't seem to stop shifting. No, it's a really common theme, isn't it? That people feel like it's, um, you know, almost that you're not in control of, of your destiny in the classroom anymore. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 So I, I really loved when I had the freedom you know, with my class and I felt like going back to teaching, I, I wouldn't be able to have that. Yeah. So I used to often have year seven. So when it was still primary school, I actually had year seven in a middle school and I just love that. And I had, I had the space and the freedom, I guess, to, to, to take them places when they were interested in an area, mm. we'd go with it and we'd learn in that area. And, and when they'd had enough and I could tell they needed movement, we'd go out and play bin cricket and, you know, all these yeah. sorts of <laughs> Uh, and that's what I loved about it. And I just felt like going back, I really felt like I wouldn't be able to, you know, be yeah, that, that same freedom, you know, get that creativity yeah. and yes. Yeah. And instead I'd be bogged down again with marking and reporting and standardized testing and yeah, and that that would really, you know, interfere with home life too, because it's quite, you know, it's quite draining to have all of that yeah. as well. Especially with young kids. It is. So this, amidst me trying to decide what I was going to do, there was an ad for life education and I went to life ed as a student, as a primary school student. And so I had that memory as well. I thought, oh my goodness, that would be fantastic. So uh, yeah, went for the job, started off just, it was meant to be just like a two day role, just helping out. That was five years ago and fast forward five years and definitely full-time and I'm program delivery manager. So not even out teaching so much anymore, but more, you know, with my team of 30 educators. Wow. So, so do you yeah. find you now you really have that, that sort of freedom and creativity that you were worried about losing? Like, have you gained that back in, in what you're doing now? I definitely think we are, we're pretty lucky being life ed educators. We get to come in and really just focus on that one area with the kids yep. and really focus on health and well-being and you know and have some fun and have some learning and to be that person that reminds them how amazing they are and how special they are and inspires that that love of learning about yourself and about your body and and how you can take care of yourself and and just have some really fun but empowering moments with young people so yeah, yeah loving it. yeah loving it nice so speaking of healthy harold I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who are going, oh my God, healthy Harold. <laughs> I remember yeah. myself when I was in primary school and, you know, the van would come along and you'd go and you'd sit in the van and little healthy Harold would poke his head out and have all these <laughs> chats about, you know, healthy eating and that sort of thing. Yeah. Obviously it probably doesn't look quite like that now. Um, I have a couple of questions. Number one, why was he a giraffe? Yes. That, that's always the question. Do you, do you know the answer to that? Okay. <laughs> well, do you know what? There's a lot of mystery. <laughs> There's a lot of legend around Healthy Harold. Some of the legends I particularly enjoy. There's some stories around a giraffe because all giraffe spots are unique and all children are oh. unique. Uh, there's some stories around it's a gir- why a giraffe because um, inspires children to look up. Wow. We've got, yeah, some stories that he's somebody to look up to being a giraffe. And we've also got probably more, <laughs> maybe not quite as fascinating, but more, more towards the truth is our founder, Head Noffs, actually tra- traveled to America, to Chicago, and they had this amazing health center. This was only in the 60s or 70s. And they had this absolutely amazing health center that 
showed what the body did and showed what happened when drugs entered the nervous system. And, and at this center as well, they had a giraffe that was amazing. Right. So he's, oh, he's kind of put the two and two together. So it kind of could be that we got that sort of idea from the Americans, but yeah, we, we kind of prefer the stories around and, and um, him being unique. someone to look up to and someone. Yeah. someone oh, that's lovely. We'll, we'll run with that yeah. one. We'll say that's the reason why. <laughs> so my second question. So I've come from high school sure. and obviously things like, you know, cute little characters don't work very well on high school students, but remembering my own time with Healthy Harold, it was just mind-boggling this cool giraffe and all of this then obviously <laughs> your programs are aimed at primary schools and sort of heading towards that middle school sector do you mm-hmm. find that the character of healthy harold yeah. is as effective for the older students or is it more effective on the younger students yeah great question very definitely <laughs> he's exciting no matter what the age as you you know adults yeah. <laughs> cheering off. well i remember healthy harold so exciting no matter the age I think he really, really resonates with the junior students and the early learning and also still the middle students and the senior students still absolutely <laughs> want to see him and just have that moment. But I think the the learning more comes in the interactions, the, the role play, the strategies that we teach and use. So it's more, I guess he's still exciting with the older kids, but, but the learning's really coming out in the session, whereas with the younger ones. Uh, you know, their learning really is tied to learnings from Harold and, and what he's doing and how he's modeling being a healthy uh, character they take from it in that way. Yeah, it's cool. So mm. the younger kids learn more from him, but the, for the older kids, it's more about that sort of that novelty and that draw card to lead into the learning. Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think so. And, and, and it just, I think, you know, that moment of, you know, they go, oh, I remember when I was little and he did this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute when, when, you know, you've got kids who are like 11 saying, I remember when I was a kid and Harold, <laughs> and you're like, you're still a kid, but okay, we'll go with it. <laughs> it's that connection as well, I guess, and that recognition. But we also have all generation, I guess, coming up as well that still know our life ed program, but not necessarily know Harold now. Because in yeah. Queensland, we have our we have our Talk About It program and that program's all about healthy relationships and sexual health education. And obviously we do not involve <laughs> a puppet giraffe. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite interesting. Nothing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So have, we have a lot of schools who do both. They do the Healthy Harold program and our Talk About It program. And it's quite funny because the kids all sort of say, it's Harold coming while we're talking about puberty. And we're, no, 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 he's not. <laughs> no, no, no. No, okay. <laughs> don't, don't ruin Harold's innocence. <laughs> No, no, they're, they're perfectly fine with Harold not coming along to our chats about relationships and identity and, yeah. and puberty and what happened. Um, <laughs> so. so healthy Harold's definitely staying in his lane in the, in the, the more like nutrition health and body health. And yeah, so yes, definitely. It's still that multi, multi-sphere health. He's still in, so it's physical yep. and emotional and sexual as well with him. Cause there's a lot, a lot of work that we do in the junior and the middle space around friendships. Yeah, as well, and about cyber safety. So he's very tech savvy as well these <laughs> days, Harold. He knows how to he knows how to keep safe on the internet and how to report if anything's uh, they're looking a bit dodgy. <laughs> so he's still very with it. Yeah, cool. I guess on on that note, how have the programs evolved over the years? Because I think when I first interacted, I guess with Healthy Harold, I was probably in you. Oh, I don't even remember because I did some of my primary school in <laughs> in New South Wales and in Victoria, and I. Oh, I don't okay. know if it would have been operating down there 
Yeah, he started off in New South Wales. Right, there. okay. That's where we, you know, Life Ed began just in a little, um, the Wayside Chapel in King's Cross. Oh, wow. Right down there is, is, is how we how we began. So New South Wales definitely did have, have Life Ed. Victoria, a little bit smaller. Yep. Um, oh, so it could have been from, my memories could be from back then. <laughs> yeah, you might be all the way back then. <laughs> but yeah, back then it was mostly, like, I remember there was a van, there was the puppet, there was this cool, like, light up body model. That... Tam? Yes. 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 Tam. Yes. yes. <laughs> Transparent anatomical mannequin yeah. is what she Yeah, and like meant. different parts Pretend. of the body would light up for different, yeah. Oh, wow. That's my biggest memory. When I went, when I went to the, um, when I went to this position with Life Ed, I actually remembered Tam more than <laughs> I remembered. Oh, you know, fascinating. Wow. So, so how body. the program sort of evolved and grown over the years? Because back then it was, it seemed, from my memory at least, was very much, like it wasn't even so much the emotional health, it was more just the physical no. health. Yeah. But now it Definitely. seems like, you know, you, you offer such a suite of resources. How, how has that grown and evolved? Yeah. And that's, I love the way you just phrase that. We do offer a suite of resources. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. So yeah, absolutely. We've, we have evolved back. So we'd started sort of 1979 is how we started wow. down in the wayside in the cross. And we, uh, we began out of Ted Knopf's was our founder and he was actually working in, in the cross and seeing an increasing number of drug addictions of young people with all these problems. Um, and was trying to say, look, what can we, what can we do before we're getting to this point? You know, rather than just that whole thing of fishing people out of the river, yep. let's go dream and find out and decided we needed to be in that prevention space and that education space. So we really started off in that drug education was yeah, the right. big thing, drug, educating young people about what drugs and alcohol did. So Harold, when we first started, used to be, well, probably if I could say it, almost a little bit scary, like he came <laughs> out. And he had like had a big night and had bloodshot eyes and, and it was sort of saying, we don't want to be like, it's so that's the way, um, the way it sort of began. And it was in that way of showing what, what can happen to the body if, you know, a person uses drugs and alcohol, then sort of evolved into, you know, adding that, well, what we need to do is have good nutrition and do physical exercise and sleep. Yeah. Which is probably those things that then you remember because those things, yeah. you know, obviously help the body to stay healthy. They're kind of the foundation. Yes, absolutely. So that is, but I guess, you know, what knowing what we know now about young people and about protective factors and risk factors and those things, uh, we actually know that, you know, having good mental health, having great relationships, being resilient, having coping strategies, that's actually effective drug education. That's the real precursor. Yes. It's not just going, you know, do not do this, do not do that. <laughs> you know, we know that that doesn't really work. It's actually, you know, having skills to take care of yourself and take care of others is going to, you know, put you in, in the best place that you can be. And with our mission of empowering young people, that's, that's what we've sort of moved into. So that, that's opened us up to all sorts of modules yeah. and, and, uh, and learning that we do. Yeah. So can you give me just a very quick rundown of the different programs that you offer now? Yes, so I can. We've got we've got quite a bit. So we we break us, I guess, up into the two programs. So I've got a healthy Harold program, and that's typically from early learning through to year six. You know, we'll come and help out a little in high schools for some of our you know bespoke kind of program. But typically, we're early learning to year six, and we're looking at everything from 
relationships and being a good friend and staying healthy and safe to protective behaviors, help seeking into the middle years and looking at cyber safety, looking at recognizing reporting signs, emotional regulation, and then into their senior years, again, big focus on relationships. We're looking at recognizing body clues, making great decisions, having peer pressure strategies, coping strategies, all sorts of things there. <laughs> so we really work with the school to sort of tailor what their, you know, what their needs are. Yeah. So that, that's how we kind of work out which modules that we're going to do. And then our second program we have is our talk about it program, we call it. And a perfect name because it is, you know, getting everybody to, to talk about it, to talk about our, our bodies, to talk about personal safety, identity, relationships. And the big one that, that so many of our schools choose is to have us come in and talk about puberty. Yeah. You know, looking at male and female reproductive systems and all of those weird and wonderful changes <laughs> that happen during puberty. And that's always lots of fun as well. And, uh, you know, gives our schools a lot of support. Yeah. And then I guess that, that talk about a program is, would you say it's kind of about removing the taboo oh. of talking about a lot of things like that for the older generations, we don't talk about these things, you know, mental health yeah. is not a thing that you talk about and sex and yes. puberty is something you don't talk about and we're trying yeah. to normalize it more. Yes. Exactly. And we actually, even though it's called talk about it, we have lots of schools call it, let's talk about it. Yep. <laughs> they know we're getting there. And so, yeah, absolutely. Both the Healthy Herald and Talk About It programs really complement each other. Yeah. Because it all, you know, it all, it all goes hand in hand. But we definitely get into some of those things that the teachers might not necessarily have specialist ideas about. And yep. that's with our Healthy Herald program, you know, even we're having schools more and more ask for help in looking at how the kids can have good friends and yeah. good relationship, asking us for more support in what they can do in terms of things like vaping and the strategies that they can use and have the kids assist them with developing their peer pressure strategies. And then with our Talk About It program, we've got you know plenty of schools really needing some help there with how they can open up those conversations and do it in a really safe, age-appropriate way, talking about safe and unsafe contact and giving them scenarios and things like that too. So we, so we do that in a really safe space. Yeah. And I think part of the need for that has really come because of something I'm sure you've seen too, like the, the education sphere just keeps expanding. Like schools are expected to offer and, yes. and what we're expected to give the students just keeps getting more and more and more. But then us teachers, we don't, like you said, we might not have that specialist knowledge or we might not have the ability or the language or even the, the comfort level to have these sort of conversations. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess, you know, you shouldn't be expected to be, you know, the jack of all grades either as a teacher that there is a time for having those specialist educators come in. And I think a lot of us really enjoy that through those relationships that our educators develop with the teachers in schools too, especially yeah. those schools they keep coming back to, you know, they're kind of part of the school really when they're coming back and visiting couple of times a year or, or each year, teachers end up learning from yeah. our educators yeah, as well. Sure. You know, going to have some of our female teachers as well go, I've had children I didn't even know. I didn't even know <laughs> that. It's the body. <laughs> In all of our program, we'll have our teachers go, oh, I really like how, you know, even a, a behavior management strategy that we yeah. might use because sometimes we're a bit, we're a bit more energetic or a bit fresh up yeah. at times. <laughs> but it's been a bit worn down in that, in the classroom every day. Yeah, it's, yeah, I imagine the teachers would take a lot away and 
like if they're sitting in on the sessions then they know how to continue those conversations afterwards and how to support the students afterwards. Absolutely. And we do hear that, that it's been a real springboard for the teacher then to feel more confident and more competent yeah. to, with some of those things in the classroom. Or, um, you know, they use Healthy Harold as a reference point. Remember what Harold told yeah. you? What? <laughs> remember remember what, that, what our educators spoke about. So given, given the recent commitment that the federal government's made a real big push into respectful relationship mm-hmm. education, how is Life Ed fitting into that gap? Yeah, so in, this is, yeah, we heard this and we're like, perfect. We, we, <laughs> that's us. We are perfect. That's absolutely, because that's what we've been doing for years, you know, understanding that importance of consent, understanding the importance of respectful relationship. And that's across both our programs. In our Healthy Herald program, we've had a program in the upper years called Relate, Respect, Connect for a number of years, which focuses on those, those concepts that we want children to develop, empathy, respect, consent. And then with our Talk About It program as well, we're we're doing that in that space too. So yeah, we felt perfectly positioned to be able to do this. And I guess even more justified in what we do, you know, for those teachers who've said, look, I'm trying to get you guys to come and visit, but you know, I've talked to the admin team and they say, we can't fit you in, or they say, well, we've already got too much on. They've really got, you know, more of an argument to why they need us. And, And looking at that new, I don't know if you've had a chance to probably busy teaching, but look, looking across the new 9.0 curriculum. Yeah, I've been across that. There's a lot of changes. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at those, we're quite excited too. There's a lot of things that are really clearly spelled out that we've been doing already. Yeah. So, you know, even in the upper primary, been addressing like coercive control and looking at young people's early relationships and looking at warning signs and red flags. And that's clearly now in the curriculum saying that every student needs to look at those trickier concepts, I guess, are clearly spelled out that schools need to do that. So we're quite excited by that too and and feel like we fit right in and in fact can be assisting schools to make sure, you know, that they're meeting the needs that and and meeting the requirements, I guess, that they have to do now. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's in the curriculum, so it has to be taught. Well, it was important even before. Consent's always been an important thing. So it's respectful relationships. But now that it's in the curriculum a bit more, um, you know, just a bit more of a push. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of, you know, empowering children with us has always been looking at protective behaviors as well and help seeking and having even from from the little grades, we have kids identify who those safe adults are and, and get them to look at recognizing body clues and all of those things. So, yeah, so we feel yeah really strongly positioned like to be part of this. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like with the way that society is sort of heading, you know, there's not necessarily a parent at home to teach these sorts of, of knowledge and skills to their children. Most families have two working parents that are working full time yeah. and there's just not that time at home. So I guess having this in the school system is the logical way to go, but that doesn't necessarily mean the yeah. teachers are equipped to do it. No, it doesn't, does it? And it's, I think more and more as well, we're just feeling like parents need more help. Yeah. Cheery. You yeah. Know, you know, know, as a parent myself, I'm so busy all the time, you know? <laughs> it is. And, and I guess as well, like we do, we run parent sessions with all of our programs as well. So we'll have parents come along as well, just saying, look, I don't even know how to broach these topics yeah. or what can we say? Yeah. So to help parents to feel more empowered as well when, of course, they're, you know, children's first teachers, that's, that's really important for us too. And that's a space that we, we're increasing our presence in, I guess, is trying to be part of families and communities as well to be able to assist that. 
So hopefully that can help too. Uh, it's interesting because I think about my parents and they never questioned if they were doing a good job or not. <laughs> they just, <laughs> I must did. Oh, you know what? Yeah, we did just did it. But increasingly, I think even though parents have got more, you know, there's more things to Google and more mm. advice. They then even more insecure of the job that they're doing, yeah. and I think the world's so busy that they worry if they're able to cover it or not. And then schools trying to cover it. So I think any help we can give and we can get is is a positive. Yeah, definitely. And I think too with things like mental health becoming less taboo and that relationship education becoming sort of expected and the norm, a lot of parents may not have ever had that sort of education themselves, so they don't necessarily know where to even begin. Because they weren't, you know, yeah, I think yeah. generations above us may not have talked about these things as openly. So then yes. I wasn't exposed yeah. to it. So then how can I possibly teach my kid about it? Yeah, yeah I think so. We've partnered with Triple P as well now. So yep. we deliver some seminars. And one of the ones that we do is around resilience. And it is interesting because we have some parents and they think, they still think like being resilient means you just keep going. So yeah. You, fall over and you get up and you don't talk about it and then you have a stiff upper lip and, you know, we kind of have to go, that's actually not resilience. Yeah. Resilience does encompass acknowledging difficult feelings and allowing yourself to have moments where things are tricky and talking about them to people. And then yes, carrying on, but having that ability to talk about things and yeah. express your emotions is important. We're seeing that that's becoming more normalized to talk about mental health and talk about your feelings. But children, even though we're doing that, they're still needing a lot of help with mm. expressing them appropriately. So a lot of our junior modules are around that too, just trying to help with little kids knowing what's appropriate to express yourself or not and what behaviors that make a good friend and what ones don't. So we, we do that right from the beginning and then right through to with parents. Showing them sort of what a healthy relationship looks like for their kid. Yeah, absolutely. And what they can do to work with them, to help them to express their feelings, to listen, to not have to fix problems, not have to jump in. That being a good parent means you jump straight in and fix everything yep. either. Yeah. That's sometimes of, the best thing to do is, is nothing. <laughs> I know. I'm not so, so hard. hard. <laughs> you just want to jump in and fix it all, but uh, no, they need to develop some strategies. Yeah, cool. So what's, what's in the future for Healthy Harold? What can we, what can we see in his future? Well, what can we see in his future? Well, <laughs> Harold is always trying to stay up to date yep. with developments. So I think we're going to continue to see Harold working with kids in all the areas that need. We're looking even more, Harold has been learning even more about his brain and helping yeah. children to understand as well how their brain works. So we're really moving into that kind of neuroscience space. And using kids, we call them kid scientists, to kind of explain all of those links between reward systems and helping them to learn how they can emotionally regulate, but understanding why, you know, why their body behaves like it does, why they have the reactions that they do, understanding that freeze, flight, fight, flight, yep. and all of those sorts of things. So I'm going to continue to work in that mental health and wellbeing space as well to support kids to develop more and more strategies. Staying up to date with all the latest technology as well. <laughs> he'll be he'll be making sure of that. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking to see how else that we can best support our schools and our students and our families and to do the best work that we can do is what is what we'll be up to. Awesome. And if if anyone listening does want to get in contact with the team, is it just through the website or are there other avenues? 
that people can check it all yeah. out. Yes, Emily, best thing to do is jump onto our LifeEd Queensland website. We've actually got, for teachers and for parents, we've got a separate hub as well of resources that go along with our modules. We've got some podcasts on there as yeah. well, some <laughs> interviews. Uh, we've got some nutrition recipes and strategies and things that you can use with students and with your own children if you're a parent. So yeah, best to jump on our website and sign up for our hub as well. And uh, yeah, stay up to date with everything we're doing. Yeah, perfect. I guess two more random questions that weren't part of the list. If there were teachers listening who did want to jump ship, do you advertise jobs through the website as well? If they're listening to this and going, oh my God, I want to work with Harold. Do they just yes, find we? Yeah. yeah, we do. We, we advertise when we need educators and we're often expanding. So yeah. absolutely keep an eye out there. We do like to hire teachers. We do have quite a lot of teachers actually when our educators are there say, hey, how do you get your job? <laughs> <laughs> that, that does happen. That does happen a lot. We do have a few that find it's quite fun to, to go in and, and see all the different age groups, you know, and go, go and see all the different schools. That's yeah. really rewarding. A few of us travel a little bit all around the state. So you get to see kids, city kids, and that's pretty fun. And pretty fascinating too, actually, some of the differences between the knowledge that they have, the health literacy, those sorts of things across across the way. Often out in the regional areas, they're happy to be a bit more patient, the children. Whereas yeah, right. You'll find in the metro areas, they expect you to be a bit quicker and a bit more exciting at, at fast pace. So those things, are, they're pretty fun. Yeah, cool. And are you, do, do you operate just in Queensland or are you still like up and down the East Coast or? So I work for Life Ed Queensland. Yeah. We are at our Life Education Australia. We're a national organization, but then we operate based in our states. Yeah. Obviously, each state, you know, has its own needs and goes in some different directions to meet the best needs of, of their stakeholders. So for us, we go all the way from Coolangatta and right up to the tip, right up to the Cape. And we go right out west, right out west to Mount Isa and out to Domaging mm-hmm. in so pretty much Territory. any school, if they wanted wanted help, <laughs> they could get it. If you want help, we can get to you. Occasionally, if, if we haven't quite got someone with, within about 400 kilometres of you, we zoom in and Harold zooms in for a bit of a virtual visit, which is really fun. We've done that before too. But yeah, we get all over this vast state to see about 200,000 students a year, about 800 schools. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a big old place, Queensland. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> All right. Last question. If there was one thing that you wish teachers knew, what would that be? Oh, that's so interesting. This, uh, it's not just one thing. First of all, I'd probably reassure them that they're working very hard. We know that. And that they are valued whether they feel that they are or not. That would be one of the things. Um, what else would I tell them? Something about us, sometimes they're not sure that our educators are professionals, I think, yep. or they think they might just be like a puppeteer. Yeah, right. So I think I'd reassure them that they are specialist educators, that we have specialist educators in each team as well, and that they don't have as many holidays as teachers because we do professional development every single term. So during the break of every term, our educators are keeping up to date with the latest that's happening in anything to do with health and health education. So I come from a varied backgrounds of, of teaching, of nutrition, of counselling, but all, all specialists in their fields as well, not just puppeteers. Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today and all your wisdom and knowledge and 
the memories of Healthy Harold and Tam, which I'd forgotten completely even existed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, having Tam is now like electronic. We now actually have an app, so we wow. use we use a tablet, yeah, and we've got these little AR markers, and we can bring up the the AR markers in real time on the body, so we get the kids to come up, and it looks like it's their heart that's pumping or their lungs. So, uh, so, so cool. yeah, Harold keeps keeping up with technology. That bit's pretty cool. Oh, so wow. Tam, you're cool in the mannequin, but the Tam E is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool app too. Oh, sold. <laughs> sold. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for your time today. That's all right. If you'd like to continue the conversation, come and join us over on Facebook in the group called The Teacher Community by Staff Room Stories. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Staff Room Stories. You can also check out the blog at www.staffroomstories.com for full podcast episode transcripts, as well as articles about a whole range of other staff room topics. If you liked what you heard today, I'd love for you to tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. And if you would leave me a review on whatever service you're listening through, this helps others to find us. Thank you for gifting me some time out of your day. I hope the rest of it treats you well.